delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangsta Chronicles, hosted by MC8 and Big Steel. It's every Thursday, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, Gangsta Rap. Let's go. Gangsta Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangsta Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. According to the Kaiser Family Foundation, in Mississippi, people of color make up 44% of the population, but make up 81% of women receiving abortions. In Texas, they're 59% of the population, and 74% of those receiving abortions. In Alabama, 35% of the population is people of color, yet they are 69% of those receiving abortion services. In Louisiana, there's a 42% black population, but this segment makes up 72% of those receiving abortions. Numbers like these further substantiate 2019 data released from the CDC, reporting that not only are abortions more common among black Americans, but the abortion rates for black women are also at numbers almost five times those of white women. As reported by Politico, the Supreme Court has voted to strike down the landmark Roe v. Wade decision according to an initial draft majority opinion written by Justice Samuel Alito. The draft opinion is a full-throated, unflinching repudiation of the 1973 decision which guaranteed federal constitutional protections of abortion rights and the subsequent 1992 decision, Planned Parenthood v. Casey, that largely maintained the right. Alito wrote, Roe was egregiously wrong from the start. If the court overturns Roe v. Wade, it will be a direct assault on freedom. To discuss this further, we have today's guest, Ms. Lauren Frazier, Communications and Marketing Director for Planned Parenthood Southeast Advocates and a tireless advocate for women's rights. This is our daily story, and I'm your host, Ramses Ja. So, Ms. Lauren Frazier, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I'm super excited to be here today. Absolutely. we got a lot to talk about. So first off, can you share a bit with us about your background and how you've been led to a life of advocacy work and, of course, your role at Planned Parenthood? Sure. You know, I think I've always uh, felt called to serve. I consider myself to be a natural born storyteller. 
Um, and so I think that's just part of the reason why advocacy work for me has been so central in my life, both personally and professionally. Uh, for the last decade, I've worked with various mission-driven organizations um, that really work to support underserved communities. You know, just before working at Planned Parenthood, I was working with Grammy Music Artist Neo's Compound Foundation, mm -hmm. which works with youth in foster care and group home facilities. Around that same time, a few years ago, I actually started my own copywriting business, Paper House Writers. Um, and even through that work, I like to donate part of my time really supporting small businesses led by people of color and providing them with communications and marketing support that they would not otherwise be able to afford. And so I'm really, really proud to be able to do that. And so I actually joined... Planned Parenthood Southeast Advocates in 2019 as the communications and marketing director. And keep in mind, this is during a time when there was a slew of abortion bans being passed around the country. Um, I saw the headlines in the news and I really knew right away that this was a fight that I had to be a part of um, because our lives and our futures are really on the line. Um, there are just some issues I think that we simply can't afford to turn a blind eye to. Um, and the injustice that really happens when uh, you strip away people's bodily autonomy is one of those issues for me. Um, so as a natural born storyteller, I felt called to make sure that I tell the stories of the people whose voices are often unheard. Um, and so I chose to step up. Mm. So you obviously know a lot of these stories. What are some of the reasons that a woman might want to have an abortion? You know, uh, abortion is really a deeply personal and complex decision for a woman. Um, and abortion stigma uh, is really so prevalent in our society. Um, and it would have you believe that, you know, abortion is this rare occurrence or that only certain types of women have abortions. But what I know from my work at Planned Parenthood is that this simply isn't the case. The fact is one in four women will have an abortion in her lifetime. Um, and many of the women who choose to have abortions already have children. Um, and there are just so many reasons why a person may not be prepared to start or expand a family. Um, and it's certainly not our place to judge any person's specific situation. Ultimately, decisions about whether to choose adoption, end a pregnancy, or raise a child must be left to a woman, her family, and her faith in counsel with her physician. Um, and what I know is that uh, politicians are certainly not the experts. We are the experts when it comes to our bodies, our families, and our futures. Now, now, speaking of us specifically, are there disparities in abortion accessibility for Black women that we should know about? Absolutely. Um, so we all know that the healthcare system in this country uh, has been in a free fall for decades, um, but there is a gap that exists in the reproductive health care space that disproportionately impacts people of color, LGBTQ plus communities, um, you know, folks with low incomes in terms of equity and accessibility to care. And so abortion bans further exacerbate our healthcare systems, existing failures. Um, the fact is black women 
um, are more likely to experience unintended pregnancies as a result of years of state-sponsored discrimination and poverty um, and lacking access to reproductive health services. The result is that abortion is accessed more commonly among Black women. Um, so unplanned pregnancies, you know, obviously are associated with higher rates of maternal mortality, prematurity, as well as infant mortality. And Georgia, as you may or may not know, has some of the worst maternal mortality rates in the nation. Mm -hmm. um, so abortion bans, therefore, really compound that long-term damage of racism in the healthcare system, and it disproportionately injures Black mothers and their children. Um, and that's just you know, how systemic racism works, right? So directly or indirectly, explicitly or not, um, it results in these policies or institutional structures that hurt black and brown people perpetuating and increasing the inequities for these communities. Sure, sure. Now, obviously the headlines are alarming, but there's a, a lot of folks that really can't imagine you know this isn't their reality they'll never experience this so let's make it live if we can for uh, those of us who may never be in these circumstances mm -hmm. what is it like for a woman who wants to come in and get an abortion today versus what would it be like if road v wade is stricken down well, um, that com that question, I think, is a little bit more complicated um, than most people would think. Right. So unfortunately, the ease of accessing abortion even today really depends on your zip code. Right. So Planned Parenthood Southeast has health centers in Alabama, Georgia and in Mississippi, um, which, as you can imagine, are some of the most hostile states in the country when it comes to reproductive health care access. Um, and despite abortion being a safe and very common procedure for many people, abortion opponents have years been strategizing um, to restrict and uh, to eliminate safe legal abortion uh, via technicality and just needless regulations. Um, and so one of the most popular tactics is called admitted privileges. And so it requires physicians who perform abortions to have admitting privileges at a local hospital. Um, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, the Jackson Women's Health Organization in Mississippi, um, who's also at the center of this Supreme Court case that everyone's been hearing about, mm -hmm. is the last remaining abortion clinic in the state of Mississippi. Um, and so, you know, when women and gender expansive folks who seek abortion, um, they also face a lot of other barriers to care including 24 to 48 hour waiting period, state mandated counseling, which often forces doctors to provide patients with medically inaccurate information. You know, all of this is really being done with the goal of deterring folks from, you know, seeking abortion. Um, and so while it's not exactly, you know, an easy, straightforward process when it comes to accessing abortion in the South, Roe v. Wade has made it possible for people to still safely um, and legally get care. Now, you talked about Roe v. Wade possibly being overturned in June. If that happens or if the protections set forth by Roe are severely gutted, we could see abortion access wiped out in over half the country, mostly across the South and the Midwest. So currently there are 26 states who are poised to, pan to ban abortion and there are 13 
um, that actually have what are called trigger laws on the books um, mm-hmm. that say that, you know, in the case that Roe is overturned, abortion would automatically become illegal in those states. So Georgia doesn't have a trigger law on the books, but what it does have is Governor Kemp's six-week abortion ban that was passed in 2019 that, you know, we took him to court over and it's right now permanently enjoined by the courts. Um, They've said, you know, we want to wait and see what happens with this Roe case um, and then we'll make a decision about HB 481. Um, So we would likely see that law be enacted here um, in our state. Um, But overall, we're looking at a situation where we could see 36 million people, um, you know, across the country, you know, who are at risk of losing access to care. Most of them Black women, LGBTQ plus folks, young people, and those in rural communities. You know, this is kind of interesting because I think there's a question that we're not really asking ourselves, at least not yet in this conversation. Mm-hmm. Why are legislators wanting to modify abortion laws and put like further ex- restrictions on abortion access? What's the point? You know, let's be clear. Abortion bans do not stop abortion. They only stop people from accessing safe abortions. The fact is 80 percent of folks in this country support access to safe legal abortion and 70 percent of Georgians oppose overturning Roe v. Wade. Mm-hmm. Um, so what these anti-abortion politicians are doing really goes against what the majority of people in the U.S. stand for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the fact is these politicians are out of touch uh, with folks today. Um, you know, they don't care about protecting families. They claim they do, but they don't. What they care about is really maintaining control over women and their bodies. Not that long ago, contraception was just as widely stigmatized as abortion is today. Before that, it was the right to vote. Before that, it was the right to own property. So, you know, while these these battles may have changed, the fight, you know, remains the same. Mm. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger. Talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash B-I-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash B-I-N. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. On Purpose's mission is to create impactful conversations to help you become happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, 
grief, sobriety, love and dating. You'll be laughing, crying and have so many impactful takeaways after this interview. I had this like, you know, homie lover friend for a long time. He's very disrespectful to me, very kind of messed up to me. But in my mind, we could get married. We had the most beautiful babies. He handsome. I'm pretty. Like, it would be so cool. He's smart and intellectual. I'm kind of smart, I think. Like, it would be fun. We have the best conversations. Like, we have fun. But then he would treat me like crap. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Margaret Atwood, Questlove, Kate Blanchett, and Oscar Isaac. If that sounds like a varied group of people, it's because it is. I always wanted to make a show where one week we could sit with a politician like Beto or Rourke, the next an author like Min Jin Lee, or TV titans like Bill Hader and Quinta Brunson. Basically, this is a podcast driven by curiosity and an abundance of research. Conversations where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there. We are here with women's rights advocate and the communications and marketing director for Planned Parenthood Southeast Advocates, Ms. Lauren Frazier, discussing the current attack on Roe v. Wade, abortion, and their impacts on the Black community. So let's discuss Georgia's heartbeat bill and what it means for Black and Brown women and why we should know about it. The first thing I want to make clear is that, you know, what these politicians are calling a heartbeat is not that. Um, this is just some, you know, uh, you know, language that they're using, I think, to really trigger folks. But the medical community agrees that it's, it's not at all a heartbeat. Is this what you um, meant when you said that there was misinformation? Misinformation, abortion, stigma, all of that. Um, okay. It's all, you know, a part of this this strategy, this effort mm-hmm. um, to restrict, you know, abortion access and overturn Roe, which they've been working for the past five decades to do. So the Georgia HB 481 law, which is what it is, is a ban on abortion after six weeks of pregnancy. Um, And this is problematic because this is before most people even realize that they're pregnant. Um, And so, you know, Georgia's abortion ban is is a clear violation of Roe v. Wade and nearly half a century of U.S. Supreme Court precedent uh, reaffirming Roe's central holding. So our state already faces a real health care crisis, including, you know, like I mentioned, some of the worst maternal mortality rates in the nation, which is actually four times higher for black women than for white women. Sure. Um, over half of Georgia's counties do not even have an OBGYN. Um, and so this bill, if it is enacted, you know, will really exacerbate these problems and create more barriers to care. It's really going to be a situation where we, you know, are driving doctors away from performing care um, in our state. Um, it would worsen our already extensive provider shortage. It would 
impact access to maternal care and obviously continue to drive up maternal mortality rates. Now, you mentioned that some, some of the harmful effects that would come from criminalizing or restricting abortion options. And then a bit earlier, you discussed some of the reasons that Black women have abortions at higher rates. I want to kind of peel back some more layers there because I think that it's, it's starting to sound, at least to me, like there's a, a mix of issues that our community and our people are dealing with. The first of which, it sounds like the first line of defense is access to information and, and health care. Um, are there things that, that we can do to better equip ourselves as a people when it comes to this? Like, um, where can we find information? Where can we learn more about, you know, reproductive health and what we can do to empower ourselves as we, you know, move forward? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it's important to, you know, first of all, follow PPSC on, you know, all of our social media channels. We are the largest provider of sex education in the country. Um, and so we have counselors and, you know, we have staff at our healthcare centers that are prepared, you know, to answer any of your questions. We actually even participate in a national chat text program. So if you're not immediately comfortable with talking to someone face to face, you can text your questions and get answers to all of your sexual and reproductive health questions. Um, and I think it's just super important as well, you know, that we support and follow Black-led reproductive justice organizations to learn more about these issues and to also get engaged. So for us, you know, that would include folks like, you know, ARC Southeast, the Feminist Women's Health Center, Sister Song, um, Sister Love is another one, Spark Reproductive Justice, Urge. These are the folks who are really on the ground doing this work. Um, And uh, yeah, I think it's really important that we stay engaged because information is key. And speaking of staying engaged, is there anything that we can do as as individuals to help ensure that abortion access is not further limited? Are there things that we can do on the ground level or on the individual level? Yeah, so what'll happen is if Roe v. Wade is um, overturned, the power to decide abortion policy will return to the individual states. Um, And so that means that power returns to us. So we have to get mobilized. We have to vote. Um, So if Roe is overturned, you know, we need to make sure that we show up at the polls and we hold anti-health politicians accountable for these bad policies that really cause so much harm in our communities. So we have to show up at every local state um, and federal election and make sure our voices are heard. Um, I think it's also important to support local abortion funds. Um, So these are the groups that make sure that if, you know, abortion access is restricted in our states, that people can get care no matter what. Abortion funds, they pay for travel, they pay for hotels, meals, and they help folks get to access states um, so that they can get care regardless of the outcome of the Supreme Court's ruling in June. Okay. So you mentioned a lot of uh, organizations. You mentioned a couple of websites, and I wouldn't mind if you mentioned them again, but um, how can folks keep up with you and the causes that you're championing specifically? Follow us on PPSC underscore advocates on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. 
Um, if you want to, you know, get more information about scheduling an appointment um, or about, you know, our sex ed programs, it's ppse.org. Um, if you want to get involved with our advocacy work, that um, website is ppsea.org. Got it. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your insight. Uh, once again, today's guest is women's rights advocate and the communications and marketing director for Planned Parenthood Southeast Advocates, Ms. Lauren Frazier. Thank you for having me. Of course. And before we go, I'll leave you with this. Plain and simple, abortion is health care. Amnesty International reminds us that an abortion is a medical procedure that ends a pregnancy. It is a basic health care need for millions of women and girls who become pregnant not uncommon and not to be stigmatized. Worldwide, an estimated one in four pregnancies end in an abortion each year. Regardless of what the law says, people will continue to have abortions. Criminalizing abortion doesn't stop abortion. It just makes it less safe. The bottom line is the restriction of medical care, including reproductive health services, is a form of discrimination. And that means access to safe abortion services is a human right. Under international human rights law, everyone has a right to life, a right to health, and a right to be free from violence, discrimination, torture, and cruel, inhumane, or degrading treatment. Human rights law clearly states that decisions about your body are yours alone. In alignment with all human rights laws, compassion and common sense, forcing someone to carry an unwanted pregnancy or forcing them to seek out an unsafe abortion is a complete and devastating violation of their humanity. Call your legislators. Make your voices heard wherever you have an audience. When it's time to show up to vote, make sure you are there. We must do whatever we can to stand up against this egregious attack on our women. We must protect their rights, their minds, and their bodies, and we must act now. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show was produced by Chris Thompson. Follow us on all social media at Our Daily Story Podcast. I am your host, Ramses Ja. Join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on Our Daily Story. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. And how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. 
Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.